Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yep, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, and we play on Arena, so that's what we talk about. Yep, we talk about Arena formats such as Historic, which is going to be the bulk of this episode, just talking about new Historic decks or just Historic decks in general. And then we, of course, are doing our... uh, Fantasy draft for the Strixhaven Championship this weekend? Yeah, that's what it's called, yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to bring home the win this week. Hopefully I can, yeah, this is the this is the make it or break it time. So hopefully I pull out a win and tie it up, but uh, we'll have to see, of course. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? Okay, I brought a raspberry lemonade so it's craft beer with lemonade is what it says okay it's made by juice box so i guess this is their whole thing is that they make craft beer with lemonade um and this one's the raspberry lemonade i can't tell what kind of beer it is from the can (laughs) Uh, so you know (laughs) but uh, it's five percent and the can is kind of cool it's like a guy or a person riding in a juice box that has wheels almost like a tank going into battle and they have armor made of citrus so their helmet is kind of chopped out of a, a lemon or an orange or something and they have shoulder pads from that same huh. interesting so that's what got me nice good um so real quick you said that yours is from juice box brewery juice box uh beverage co oh okay um because i also brought a beer called juice box but this is from <laughs> Sons of Kent. It's their juice box hazy IPA. It's 6.9%. And it has just a regular picture of a juice box and, you know, a couple different colors on it. But um, all right. Two I, very different takes on juice box beer. Yeah, I guess so. I guess this is our juice box episode. That's good. <laughs> I like it. Um, anyway, magic news. Uh, not a ton of news this week. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, not not for us. I mean, it's there's no news for us really. Right. Um, it's really just uh, Modern Horizon two spoilers, which has nothing to do with us. So, yay! None of those cards will be on arenas. So. Yeah, I will say that having spoilers for a set that I am not really going to play that much feels fine. I don't really care. I'm like, oh cool. That's just you know, I'm yes. kind of eating it slowly, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't have to think about it that much. Especially a set like this where all the cards are so unique Mm -hmm. that you're just like, oh, cool. But you don't have to worry if that's too good or not. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to break a format I'm playing. So, yeah, that's great. Let's test it in modern before they add it to historic, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, oh, though, I do want to say the Modern Horizons 2 stuff. I didn't write this down, but I do think this is interesting that they're also doing the injecting... um, like cards that aren't in the format into the format like they've been doing in historic do you know what i mean oh like they're in, they're just including old cards yeah they're they're including old cards or like there are a couple commander cards that are in uh modern yeah, horizons yeah. too that right, will right. now be modern legal which feels like the first time they've done that so it's just an it's just an interesting take to see oh okay they've been doing that with historic which is their made up format obviously i guess they're all made up formats because it's just a made-up game, but <laughs> but it's just interesting to see that it can they can see that in historic it's been like positive, so they're also mm-hmm. doing it with modern, which I think is also going to be positive. I think Modern Horizons one did it with old cards, but maybe not Commander products. 
Yeah. Like I, the, sh- the, the whole thing around Modern Horizons 1 was that every card in it was new to Modern. Yes. Whether that meant it was a reprint that was new to Modern or a completely new card. Um, right. I so just, there were some like old cards that got added okay. to the format. But I guess they're I, doing it a bit more liberally this time. I think. Yeah. I couldn't really remember if they added old ones last time. Anyway, uh, it's just been kind of fun to see that. Uh, but as far as like arena news goes, um, Jumpstart's coming back this weekend. Woohoo! June 4th to July 8th, uh, just like it was before. So, hey, if you want any of those Jumpstart cards or you didn't get to play it last time, uh, do it. I thought it was pretty fun. It's 2,000 gold or 400 gems. Yeah, so, which isn't, isn't a lot. So. It's not very much, yeah. Um, so hopefully you get a relevant card. I don't know what's relevant from those. Muxus? Muxus? <laughs> Is Muxus still relevant? I can't remember the last time I played against goblins. Yeah, but hey, maybe you want to try to get those. Um, tiny bones. Go get tiny yeah, bones. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Get tiny bones. Um, but before you really, well, I guess you have to do that before this, but uh, there's an FNM that is historic all access. It's finally, it's coming back June 11th. So that's next week. Get your brews ready. Play any decks that you see from the championship this weekend because you don't have to pay for them. It's going to be awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, really yeah. great to test out a deck before you spend your all your wild cards on it. Especially in Historic, right? There are so many cards that are hard to get without using wild cards. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, you know, it's nice to see if you like playing with Thoughtseize before you actually, you know, buy four Thoughtseize. Yeah, although you should probably just buy four Thoughtseize. <laughs> <laughs> just... If you ever want to play a black deck. Yeah, if you, know. you if you like playing black, you're just going to want to have Thoughtseize no matter what. Um, but yeah, before we get into some Historic stuff, just like how, how was your week? How was your Arena week? Good. I've been playing a lot. Um trying to climb back up the ranks so last month or last season i i played a lot but i played very little actual ladder Mm. like i was playing in the star city games events or the uh, insight esports events and i'd kind of log on to the ladder just to play test the deck or something and even then i didn't do much 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 of that so my rank has decayed so i just past week i just fought my way back up to platinum so nice I mean, like, I just fought my way back into gold, so I don't know. <laughs> and I was and playing. I play all the time. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, no, I've been, I, uh, I ended up buying the, um, all the Historic Anthology 5 cards, so I was having fun with them this week. Uh, and that was just great, playing some, some good stuff, some bad stuff, mostly bad stuff and dumb stuff. It was great. Had a lot of fun. You decided to spring for it, eh? And I we did. Were talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to craft Kolagon's Command because that's the only card I want. And I was like, and you were like, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I just want all of them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm really happy that I have them. It feels good. I do not have buyer's remorse. So, not like the uh, the Death Shadows that I bought <laughs> last time <laughs> that are sitting there like, hmm, I kind of wish that these were wild cards instead of Death Shadows. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, the commands are all good. So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, happy to have those. Uh, really grateful for that. But let's just kind of get into it. Historic. Uh, yeah. First of all, it's it's the best. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I haven't played standard in a long time because yeah. standard's kind of solved, I guess. Yeah, it really it's feels like for it. it. Um, and it's more or less the same as last season. Just a few decks kind of. You know, the Prismari uh, Tempo deck is a real thing now, and it was kind of a, a meme before. Yeah. 
before Strixhaven, but that's really the only new addition. Other than that, you have your Sultai, your Adventures. Some other stuff. Uh, whatever yeah. aggro deck. So it, it does feel like Standard's a little stale, so that's why I've been super excited for Historic. But also because Historic has had a ton of cards pumped into it recently. Right, and, you know, so they threw all of those super powerful Mystical Archive cards at us. Man. That produced only one two totally broken deck somehow. So yeah. they banned that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then they threw more cards at us. That, exactly. You know, on the balance, probably weren't quite as powerful as the Mystical Archives, but there are some doozies, you know? It's been, uh, it's been great. I'm happy only... Well, I guess technically... None of the Mystical Archive cards uh, that weren't pre-banned got banned because they only banned Thassa's Oracle. Uh, well, so so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with what we've been playing? And yeah. Then start talking about what we've been running into. Sure. I mean, like we're this is mainly just going to be a conversation about historic and decks that we see, and because um, uh, it still feels like uh, we we kind of had a period of time where after the Mystical Archives, it kind of settled out a little bit because of Tainted Pact was so strong. Your deck had to be kind of strong against that. Otherwise, you couldn't really play. Um, right. But now that that deck's kind of booted, uh, it feels like it's wide open again. And we have these other cards that have only been around for about a week. So yeah, um, it still feels very Wild West-like. Uh, Definitely. Brew City. And that'll start to obviously settle a bit after the weekend with this, the championship. Mm -hmm. But for now, um, I'm pretty confident that the championship will have a pretty wide variety of decks. So. Mm. I agree, yeah. I think especially with all the, um, there's like, I think this might be getting a little, a little ahead of ourselves, but uh, you could tell that some of the, uh, the, the people in the, the pros, the MPL and the rivals, may not have cared as much about submitting decks this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so some people were just... After they got fired? Yeah. They're just like tweeting different things and you're like, okay, maybe I won't pick these people for the tournament because they don't <laughs> right. seem to care that much. Uh, yeah. but um but what have you been playing in historic right now all right so kind of like i said i would do i immediately crafted colagon's command mm -hmm. um, so i have those and i have no no other cards from historic anthology 5 crafted yet um but i just started playing colagon's command decks uh and the first i put together a few but the one i'm kind of on now it's basically uh I call it Rakdos Cards I Have, mm -hmm. because that's what it is. It's like, <laughs> I didn't want to spend any other wild cards other than Colagon's Command. So I'm just like going through all my red and black mid-range style cards. Well, two Chandras, okay, let's put in both my Chandras. Uh, you know, I have three Goldspan Dragons, I'll put in three Goldspan Dragons. <laughs> but the idea was to just think, trying to maximize the, um, the like, what's, what's it called when you, the Raise Dead effect. Oh, Colagon's okay. Command. So Colagon's Command, the reason it's so good is that it's basically always a two-for-one because you can always just tack on, make them discard to whatever you're doing. But the strongest mode on it is to, like, get back a creature and kill something or get back a creature and make them discard or, you know, get back a creature and kill an artifact. That always feels like it's when Colagon's at its best, Colagon's Command. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted some really high-impact creatures to get back you know the types of cards that win the game on their own so goldspan dragon came up on my list um then i'm playing in the three drop slot i'm playing uh bone crusher giant as a kind of dominant creature to get back and uh 
God, what I don't even know the name of this card. It's like the fixed Goblin Rabble Master from... I play this card all the time. Like, I've been playing this deck. Uh, Legion, Legion Warboss? Warboss, War yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just love this card because after you trade one for one a lot, you just, like, slam one of these and, okay, you're dead in three turns. Like, find something. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes you just curve out with it and they don't have an answer, right? So, uh, And then the two drop that I wanted was the... God, I can't remember the name of this card either. <laughs> Energy Bob, where it's... Uh, oh, the... Um, Glint Sleeve Siphoner. There we go. Okay. It, it makes energies and draws cards. Oh, Bob. Energy, Energy Bob. Cards. Okay, Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah. Got it, got Energy got it. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because I, I keep calling these cards by these fake names mm -hmm. and I can't remember the real ones. Uh, and then you just fill out the deck with some thought seasons, inquisitions, and stuff like that. And I've been doing really well with it. It's and it's been a lot of fun because that's an exact type of deck that I like to play. Yeah. So yeah, just trying to maximize Kolagon's command and then fill it out with mid-range style stuff. Cool. And it's, it's that's that's cool. pretty interesting because I have also been playing Kolagon's command, but I've been playing it in like Arcanist. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, I was playing it mainly as a discard spell, and then a great way to stop any of their um, graveyard hate artifacts, and yeah. or their treasures if you're playing against control or something. Uh, so it was actually pretty fun because it's just a blast to like on their end step, Colagon's command. Then on your turn, you play your Arcanist, and then you give it haste with. Uh, uh, fame right. in the graveyard, and then you Colgan's command again <laughs> when you attack mm -hmm. them. Oh, and then they just get so mad. <laughs> yeah. So that has been what I've been doing, which is pretty fun. But the rest of that deck is, is similar to what it used to be. Um, sure. Yeah. Though a lot of people are playing Sedgemoor Witch, which is pretty interesting. Um, huh. Because I guess like young pyromancer. Yeah, extra. Because like they're they're some other builds seem like heavier on the young pyromancer like. Um, token builds which is like interesting it feels different I, I don't know if i'm brave enough to give up luris of the dream den i know i don't know if it's the <laughs> right know. choice but it's definitely a choice and i've been playing with it and i feel like <laughs> i don't like it at this moment but if <laughs> you're I, always like damn if i had a luris i know most of the time it's like i draw the says more witch i'm like i already have two young pyromancers this card's not helping um i was like <laughs> yeah. this card would be a lot better if i play it and then they decide to target it and lose three life that'd be great but <laughs> so probably not gonna do probably that not gonna do that one. <laughs> oh, but actually, I have been having a blast with Dragonstorm, and it is great. Love it. Um, I just net decked something because I knew I wanted to play Dragonstorm, and of course, I had them because I bought the whole thing. Uh, so basically, the deck is very similar to um, any like any of the uh, uh, Magma Opus stuff, where you're you know the whole point is that you're trying to get it into your graveyard and then play Mizzix's Mastery on it to kind of cheat right. it out. Mm -hmm. So you're playing Faithless Looting and um, Prismari Command and those things to get the um, Dragonstorm into your graveyard. Mizzix's Mastery, which is great with Dragonstorm, actually, because then you always have two copies of Dragonstorm every time you play it. Right. And if you do it on turn five to hide the combo in your hand, you get to Faithless Looting, discarding your, your Dragonstorm, and then get three dragons using the Mizzix's Mastery. Uh -huh. And I'm usually going to grab just three Terra the Peaks because then you get 15 damage. <laughs> right. And it, uh, I've seen people doing like a Terra of the Peaks plus double Bladewing thing and you just 
mm-hmm. the blade wings keep alternating, bringing each other back for infinite damage. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I didn't have blade wing, but I, I like that one. I was playing yeah. whatever the one I got offline was using like Laughless, uh, the queen from M19, who like when right. other dragons come into play, you get it 5-5. Five, five. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then that helps a bit. But most of the time, it just feels like playing a bunch of Terror of the Peaks just feels great. And it does. Yeah, I mean, that's almost always going to be good yeah. enough, right? It's, uh, it's not the best deck. Uh, sometimes you can win game one, and then I feel like I just keep running into Rest in Peace, and I can't get rid of that card. And I, they drop Rest in Peace. Now you're going like, to cast your drags, drag, Dragon Storm legit. <laughs> well, then my game plan is just play dragons. Find the dragons and play <laughs> right. them, because like Mizzix's yeah. Mastery is dead. <laughs> I can't play that card anymore. And then it's just awful. And it gets really bad. And uh, So the deck's really bad. It's not good, but it's really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, especially now that I'm like trying to rank up, go through the ranks, it's been really... I can play around with it. It's not as like... You're not running into as many like tier decks, which is great. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's, it's... The only problem with the Blade Wing infinite damage plan is that then you have to craft two Blade Wings. <laughs> then... <laughs> is that a mythic? Uh, I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> I just know it was like, you know, from Scourge or something. So maybe it's not because they didn't have Mythics in Scourge. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did not have Mythics back then. But yeah, anyway, if, if anyone who like has the cards for a Dragonstorm deck, just Google it. It's definitely worth playing if you think the card looks cool because that's probably the only way you could possibly play that card. I feel like Dragonstorm is the reason to buy this historic anthology. Because it's hard to justify crafting it. But yeah. hey, if you buy the whole thing, it just comes with that's it. Exactly, that's exactly... That was one of the big, big selling points was <laughs> you can play Dragonstorm without feeling bad about it because the commands were there and they were worth right. the money you, that you, you spent. You just tell yourself you're buying it for the commands. Yes. Then... <laughs> Even though secretly it's just for Dragonstorm and you're not right. playing any of the other commands. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do feel and, like... And Stifle. I'm buying it for Stifle. <laughs> I forgot Stifle was even in it, even though we talked about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I do believe one day I will be playing um, Into the North, and I'll probably be playing, not going to lie, Court Homunculus. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems Ball like skirt. a card you're, you're going to play at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, a white one-drop. I love those, so it'll be, <laughs> it'll be good. Um, and that's not sarcasm. I do like one, white one drops quite a bit. So, um, though I really do feel like most of the changes that I've seen in historic over this last weekend have mainly been around the commands, um, which is yeah, you know, that's what we were expecting when we were talking originally about historic <laughs> anthology, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's delivered. Like, I have run into uh, a Tarkus command already. The like a lot of the Gruel decks are pivoting to use that in its uh, in their the arsenal and even some of the like the modern red decks like you were saying before in modern they were playing a tar or I guess it was standard at the time but a darker red so they're definitely red was a thing in modern briefly it was too. okay um, and that's what they're doing now I don't know if this is because Crokies was playing a, a Tarka red <laughs> for something ah, and so then maybe it got yeah. really popular because of that. Um, but it still seems like it's pretty viable. For whatever reason, for the first few days that, that I was playing Historic, I was against green-based collected company decks 100% of the time. Really? Like, it was either Gruul or Celestia company every time. Huh. And I don't know if that's just, like, I was in 
like the because I was low rank or uh, I mean I don't so think those decks playing are... whatever decks they have. I don't think they're already, bad, you know? really. Um, no, I think uh, I think Celestia might be kind of bad, <laughs> but but so. I don't. I feel like Celestia is always like surprising me. Like it, I feel like it's bad, but then it beats me, and I'm like. I know. I always I keep losing, but I'm like, oh, they just got lucky. None yeah. of the cards do anything. I was like, oh, they're gonna play Dramoka's Command. That's fine. And then they put a plus one plus yeah. one counter on something and fight me. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No, you can't do that. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this card's actually it felt pretty unfair. Good. Yeah. yeah. So Dramoka's Command and Atarka's Command both feel like they're gonna be played often. Um, yeah. It also like stops, uh, you know, stomps. Yeah. Helps counter the stomp and stuff. Deals with enchantments. So. It's pretty good. I haven't actually seen the Atarka's command much, but the maybe the gruel players I'm playing against just didn't draw it. I'm just playing against. Uh, I was playing against a lot of turn one land war elves for a while there. Mm, yeah, I, I've played against uh, turn one land war elves, but I do think that. Um, so I have seen a lot of burning tree emissary because that card mm-hmm. is awesome with the Tarkas command because it just pays yeah. for it when you play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that has been a thing I've been dealing with quite often. Um, though I do feel like, I don't know if this is how you feel. I know this is a deck that you've played in several tournaments, but I do think largely the the meta feels like Jeskai uh, control. Yeah, so I was going to say after, at the end of my, you know, Llanowar Elves gauntlet of just always being on the draw against turn one Llanowar Elves and never drawing any of my fatal pushes. Mm-hmm. Um, just every fucking game, it's like, well, if I had a fatal push, I'd kill that. But <laughs> I, they only let me run four, so there's nothing more I could do. Um, once that kind of tapered off, then I started playing against a lot of the other stuff. So Jeskai Control is pretty popular. I've been running into the version that is not the version I played. It's the version with, like, Kahira and doesn't do the whole Gear Hulk plus uh, Magma Opus thing. It's mm-hmm. just kind of Jeskai control. That seems... I think Luis Scott Vargas played it in the uh, in the league weekend, and that's where the list came from. Interesting. But, uh, okay. I'm running into that version most often. Yeah. And I don't think it's that good. Like, I think it was kind of built to beat Tainted Pact. Got it. Yeah, and so it just doesn't really work in this meta because that's what that that does make sense. Yeah, I that's think exactly just copy pasting it into a general ladder d- isn't the best idea because mm-hmm. I think Luis built it to be tainted back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened because he spoke on that. Um, yeah. But I mean, I have seen a bunch of the like torrential gear Hulk, gear Hulk one with the magma opuses and um, all the the Dovin's vetoes, which are just brutal um, and just. It's uh, actually, I have a great story about this. Uh, so I was playing against this deck uh, and I was playing Arcanist. Um, so my whole game plan is, all right, to beat control, you have to make them discard their entire hand. <laughs> That's all I can do. <laughs> so uh, I'm playing all my discard spells and doing everything, but they're really great at wiping the board and making sure that I'm off balance. And at a certain point, um, I had gotten rid of all of their Narsets that they had played a couple and I was able to get rid of all of them. Uh, because they had a memory in the graveyard. So I was pretty worried about them, you know, pulling that shenanigans on me. Uh, mm-hmm. And anyway, they ended up just... I was in enough of a board presence where they're like, well, I have to just crack this off to draw a full hand so that I can, you know, keep up. And I was like, well, you know, if you... I had gone through and, and was able to get to a point where I was like, okay, the cards in my hand are really great. I like this. And they're like, crack the memory. We're going to dump our hands and our graveyards and, and draw yeah, yeah, some new ones. Again. 
I was like, okay, well, I guess this isn't so bad. And then I draw my new hand, and I have four thought seizes and a <laughs> Kozilek's Inquisition. I'm like, okay, well, my next turn is just thought seize, thought seize, thought seize, and I just Empty rip <laughs> every good card from their hand is gone. And I was like, that was. I don't even remember if I won that game or what, but that was the best. <laughs> I loved just be picking out every card that I was like, nope, you can't have this one, you can't have that one. <laughs> oh, it was... Uh... <laughs> As someone who's played a lot of that Jeskai deck, I have had to panic memory so many times. Yeah. Like, it just happens. Uh, and I never draw a better hand than my opponent. It has never once happened. Like, my opponent draws the fucking nuts, and my hand is, like, five lands and, a, you know, like yeah. a Mizzix Mastery or something, but my graveyard is now gone because of the yeah. <laughs> Well, fuck me. Oh, it was so great. It was... Well, also, because, I mean, all my spells cost, like, one or two, basically, so I was like, oh, I can dump my whole hand out and just, there's no way I'm getting rid of every relevant card. Right. Oh, oh. I, I think I did actually end up losing that game, but it was just the best feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's a little better to just blind memory against Arcanist because it just gets rid of their graveyard. Yeah. Um, so it's it basically makes them rebuild as well as, you know, you look at a fresh seven. But yeah, that, that's pretty funny. It was fun. <laughs> it was very fun. I was like, oh, this is actually much better. Um, look at all these thought seizes that I had already used. Now they're back in my hand. Love it. Going for the world record of number of times you've thought seized your opponent in a single game. <laughs> I end up losing the game because I thought seized so many times that I killed myself. <laughs> yeah, then, then they just lightning helix you. And you yeah. <laughs> uh. Worth it. Worth it. It's totally worth it. Probably should have taken that lightning helix at some point. But... Yeah, but uh, or they just top deck the lightning helix. Um, yeah. In either situation. But no, I will say we were definitely right. That Relic of Progenitus is 100% all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's just so good if you're not interested in graveyard shenanigans yourself. Because the only downside is it exiles both graves, both graveyards. Yeah, but it also just taps to get rid of whatever card they're targeting. So if you can just sit there and take the relevant stuff. Yeah, if you get it down early, you can start to kind of... Every, every, every card that goes to their yard, you can exile it immediately. Yeah, or just um, like, oh, you're going to... I, it happened a lot when I was playing the, the Dragonstorm deck where I'm like, oh, you just tap that and then it's gone now? And then I, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Oh, well, all right, my deck's uh, concede. <laughs> my deck. Yeah, whoops. whoops. Cannot be to turn one I, uh, relic as it turns I guess one. I should have played my Prismari Command first and blown that up. My bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I had made this stupid treasure token. <laughs> that was dumb. Uh... Yeah, the funny thing about my deck is that... Um, I don't. I think I have two Croxa in there, mm -hmm. just as a thing, uh, and I have three Colagons commands, but nothing else I have interacts with the graveyard at all. That's just not what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But people see red black and they just pile graveyard hate into their deck post board. Ooh, that's smart. So they're that just was... like, <laughs> turn one Graft Digger's Gage, turn two like Rest in Peace. I'm like, well, neither of those cards do anything against me. So Legion War Boss, attack you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Goldspan Dragon, smack your face. They're like sitting there with, they basically mulled to five because they kept this stupid hand. Yeah. <laughs> useless cards. That they thought were going to be like the game, you know, the entire uh, the match was going to yeah, be determined. And they'll often like mulligan to get them. And I'm just like, oh, you're, you are shooting yourself in the foot, my friend. I thought seize them. Don't even take it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you can have that trash. That's awesome. 
That's a really or great one. idea. I really like that, like, take a deck that looks like something else, but it's secret whatever. Yeah, I didn't even do it on purpose. I just play I just, red black. Yeah. Didn't want it to be that graveyard centric because graveyard hate and historic is so good. So good. And uh, people just sided in. And it's funny because I'll just play Coligon's Command. They'll have a Graph Digger's Cage in play, and I won't even kill it. <laughs> so, like, that's okay. Whatever. I, I, I'll just deal two damage to you. It's better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that accomplishes more for me than killing the card you sideboarded. <laughs> is to deal two damage to your face. <laughs> oh, that must feel like terrible on their end, where they're like, "All right, yeah. I, I I put this in my sideboard for the specific reason. I'm going to play it. It's going to be yeah. great, and we're going to be fighting over. I have extras in my hand." So that they're going to blow it up. I'm going to play another one and do that. And then they don't blow it up. And you're like, all right, well, the two in my hand now are really useless. Because I thought this whole game <laughs> was going to be this like cat and mouse thing. But nope. I I'm just, just dying to a bone crusher giant. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So that's always, that's always fun. But I have kind of enough graveyard stuff that I have to be careful what graveyard hate I play. Gotcha. You know, like... I thought about just jamming four Leyline of the Voids in my sideboard, and I played a few games with that, but I don't think there's enough decks that are gravy. Like, it, sure, it just beats Rakdos Arcanist, mm-hmm. but that's not popular enough, and it doesn't just beat Is It Phoenix, which is kind of the other deck that uses its graveyard. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you get rid of their Phoenixes, but then they beat you with their other flyers, or they just play it as a 3 2 fly, uh, flying haste. So. I ended up just, I'm just playing uh, Clink to Dust. So that I guess I have okay. more, I have, those are graveyard cards because they have escape. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not playing those against people who are bringing in their own graveyard hate, you know. Like, yeah, you're not using them against rogues or something to make your graveyard small or anything like that. Um, I would if I was playing against rogues. Yeah. But uh, rogues isn't bringing in, you know. Uh, Relic of Progenitus. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that would be well, very it's bad. Well, it goes against their game plan a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> yeah, just, just a tiny bit. But no, I mean, like, it is interesting talking about Historic now because the decks do feel like there's just so much room to, to make different things. But no, I feel like I've just seen a ton of different kinds of decks recently. Um, I think everything has just kind of been inspiring people to, to play different stuff. I really love having uh, memory lapse with like historic rogues because historic rogues is so interesting that you know there are only a certain slots that are powered up, but like a memory lapse and then being able to mill the top of their library is just like right. a hard counter that's cheaper to play. It's just this is awesome. It's almost like better than counterspell in that deck. Like even if it costs blue blue, because you get to choose whether you waste their next turn by having them draw that again. Or you put it on top and then mill it. Yeah. If you don't want them to draw it again, so it's almost like counterspell with upside. Yeah, it's it's super cool. I think that's that a... gives them eight copies of counterspell with upside. <clears throat> drown in the water. Yeah, exactly. I think memory ops is just like a super cool card. Yeah. <clears throat> People have been hating on it a bit, um, complaining that it's too good. I don't really feel that. I mean, everyone seems to be complaining about Jeskai control, so. I've had no issues with Jeskai Control. I'm like, guys, just put like seven Thoughtseizes in your deck. That's your problem. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I also don't love Jeskai Control, but it's mainly just because it's a control deck, not because I think it's... It, I, do, I think it's really strong. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But I always play decks that don't love playing against control decks, and it's just... Um, 
<laughs> not my favorite matchup, but I, I, I don't think it's a, like busted or anything. It's not like uh, it shouldn't be there. I think it's it's great to have a good I'm control just deck. just slapping Chandra Torch of Defiance on the battlefield in game one, and they're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's pretty much nothing in my deck that deals with that. I have to like Teferi bounce it. Mm-hmm. Teferi tuck it or double helix it or something. Yeah, man. The other really interesting deck that I've seen popping around, I don't know if you've seen this one, I haven't played against it or with it, but I've seen it kind of on on the web, mm-hmm. you know, in the Twitterverse. Uh, it's a red-white tokens deck. So it just plays all the best ways to make tokens in red and white. Um, and then it plays four Transmogrify. Mm-hmm. And the Transmogrify hits Eleshnorn. Oh. So... It kills you real fast because Elish Norn gives plus two, plus two to your team. And they just have a ton of tokens. Yeah. So it seems pretty cool. That's I was cool. looking at the deck list. Like, this is my kind of deck. That's... I love these stupid red-white token transmogrify decks. And Elish Norn makes perfect sense at the top. Yeah, that sounds great. Because you were playing a similar deck uh, that had the uh, the Archon that does a, right. a similar yeah, so kind similar of thing. thing. Similar thing because it gives makes all of your one ones three threes yeah so it kind of gives them all plus two plus two but this instead of making your opponents things three threes this gives your opponent's stuff minus two minus two, yeah so, so it's, it's like a four power swing that's awesome i oh yeah elish norn i i'm just happy that the predators are here i haven't really seen them on the field yet i haven't had anyone try to, to play them against me um but i do like all the like i've seen a couple like grizzly salvage decks as as far as like i haven't seen them in the on the i haven't played against them in the wild yes i haven't seen them in the wild uh but as far as like looking (laughs) online and looking at lists and stuff there have been a couple that were some interesting like four color grizzly salvage decks that were like uh dumping stuff you know all the praetors into their their yard and bringing them back with them burial rights and stuff it seems uh just just fun just grizzly salvage is a card i love and would love to play with and build around it's just that i i feel like historic is so hostile to graveyard based shenanigans yeah that like there's just too much powerful stuff that if you're doing any sort of graveyard stuff that doesn't win the game right away like your graveyard stuff has to be so powerful to make up for the fact that the graveyard hate is rampant and very strong Mm -hmm. you know so you gotta like arcanist even suffers a bit from it arcanist would normally be an amazing deck but because there's just so much hate it's it kind of relegated to like tier 1.5 or tier 2. Yeah. That's why um, I think that a lot of these Arcanist decks are leaning heavier on the uh, the token generation mm-hmm. because they can't completely rely on some of their graveyard stuff. Uh, and they have to do right. a little bit more like just value things. Um, and then hopefully at some point they might be able to play a couple things with their Arcanist. But most of the time you have to give it haste somehow. Uh, because if you, if you just play it on turn 2, they're going to get rid of it somehow or your graveyard's gonna be gone it's gonna eat a lightning helix yeah definitely lightning helix that's a oh man that's i love that card (laughs) oh playing the there's there's a boros deck that's out there that like you know you feel like you're safe but you're not because they lightning helix you and then like double stomp and you're like okay well i didn't think i was gonna die out of nowhere but i guess i did whoops that's one of the cool things about the rakdos deck i'm playing is that Sometimes you just stomp their face, Kolagon's command, get back Bone Crusher Giant, deal two damage to their face, stomp their face, and it's just like, oh, you just kind of died out of nowhere. Yeah. 
Chandra plus, you took two. You took two from that. You do this. That's fun. That's great. Yeah. A single bone crusher giant ends up doing like 10 damage with Colagon's command. It, you know, it got in once or it triggered when they targeted it. That's that's great. That's really fun. I uh, I think I need to look at that list that you've been talking about. Um, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah it's please not do. perfect because it's kind of just cards I, I have. Like have. I said, I didn't want to. It should probably have more Chandras than it does, for example. But. Yeah, I think I also only have two Chandras, so then it'll it'll work pretty well. Um, I have been really happy though that John Sacrifice seems to just not really be on the ladder anywhere. It's just not. Uh... Yeah, just wait till this weekend. Oh man. gosh, I know. That's the deck that never dies. It's never good. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, there might be some interesting stuff that they're going to add to. Uh, these Jun lists, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to sneak in some... Uh, you, you think you've seen the stuff. end of Cat Oven Combo? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's nice for the moment that it feels like it's just... Right, a, it's nice to not I can get breathe a little, a little reprieve bit. of not having to play against it. Exactly. And I, I played against Auras actually earlier today, and I was like, oh, this is nice. I haven't played against no, this in so long. <laughs> Whereas before, I'd be like, fucking Auras. Again, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the funny thing about decks. Like Sometimes you just really hate a deck, or you think a card needs to be banned, or, or whatever, but it's really just, you're just... It's been overplayed, quote-unquote, I guess. It's similar to like a song mm -hmm. on the radio. On the radio, sorry. That is just around. Nobody listens to the radio anymore. Yeah, what is that? It's a... <laughs> I, I guess, Satellite radio? Yeah, I guess it doesn't really pertain to that anymore. It might just be a song that you hear... Anyway, it doesn't matter, but... Um, In a playlist. It's just something that you hear constantly, or you play constantly, or see all the time, or um, that just wears on you. And it's not necessarily that you hate the thing. You're just you've just exhausted from having to deal with it over and over and over again. Um, and so I'm happy to have this this break from playing against Jund uh, to eventually playing against it again and be like, okay, let's see how this has changed. Maybe this deck's a little bit different than it used to be and all that stuff. It'll be kind of fun to get back into that. Um, it's going to be Jund plus Colagon's Command. Basically, yep. I do feel like it's part of it, though, that while they've made so much graveyard hate and stuff they've also made a lot of artifact like incidental artifact hate like there's so many commands that you're playing anyways that kill artifacts mm -hmm. now they've put ancient grudge into the format so relying on witch's oven the way they used to surviving in mm -hmm. game one at least is no longer a guarantee for that deck absolutely like, your opponent has six artifact you know six main deck. In their deck yeah yeah they're just like yeah i can do this that's probably why tempered steel just has no chance of of being a, a deck Man, Tempered Steel is really rough when you put Colagon's Command into the format. Because mm -hmm. it's like, kill that and that. <laughs> you know, it's destroy an artifact and deal two damage. Yeah. And now there's also Prismari Command that does that same thing. Exactly. It's going to, like, kill the court homunculus and destroy an artifact. Or it's put like, the two damage on it and then get rid of the anthem and then it right, kills it. Right, destroy yeah. whatever's pumping it mm -hmm. and then it dies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so that is, that's a bummer. Because I remember playing... If Colgan's command against Affinity and Modern, and that would just always happen. Mm -hmm. Just be like, kill all your stuff, even though they're huge. <laughs> like, yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, I really think that, like, we're going to get... I was looking at a list that was like this Grixis... Uh, like, you know that Grixis deck that was around for a long time? Um, and they would play just like Bolas Tribal, kind of? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a similar thing, but they're basically just wanting to play Colgan's command in... Uh, this like Grixis shell, but it's basically kind of like a Grixis control. But the the creatures that they're playing in the deck are just um, Bolas, the creature that flips in the Planeswalker, and then Valky as well. So they kind of come yeah. down as like early threats, but then when they die, they can bring them back and then 
play them later as planeswalkers, yeah. um, which just seems awesome. <laughs> and just lots of hand yeah, destruction. Yeah. I've tried something similar to that, but I found that, uh, I don't know, the blue just wasn't worth it. Like, I'd rather... It's nice to bolas and then make them discard a card and then you have a 4-4 four, four, and then hopefully you get that later. But it's also nice to just gold spam them and attack them right away and get more mana back. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, but I, I do love the Nicol Bolas, the Ravager as a card. Mm -hmm. And I also love Valky. So that was the first place my mind went. And then I've slowly been cutting Valkys from this deck because... I don't know. They're just not quite good. It it never happens that I pick it up and play it as Tybalt. Yeah, that's the dream, but it never happens. <laughs> I just think it's a great. It just feels great that like, oh, I have this on turn two. I can play it as a creature if it dies or whatever. I know I have a card in my deck that can bring it back, and I could use it later if I needed to. Um, yeah, feels nice. Not that it, you know that that feels like the dream to me, where you're like, oh, remember this card that's been bugging you this whole game, um, or has bugged you a couple times. Um, now I get to play it in the ultimate version. Yay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like it, it wasn't happening. It could be me. a dream. It could be a dream. <laughs> that like I get to Tybalt early and then late game pick it up and now it's a Valky because I have a Chandra to make mana. Yeah, or uh, yeah. vice versa, but yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, play Valky and now it's a Tybalt. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if it's good. It just seems fun. <laughs> that's yeah. mainly, now that pro magic is dead, that's my main focus. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But that's a great segue that now that <laughs> pro magic is done, I True. think we should go on a beer break. Start talking about pro. And magic. then we'll talk about I, some pro magic. <laughs> I did have one comment I wanted to make about the red white tokens. Yes, deck please. That gets Elish Norn out. So I was looking at this deck, and the version I saw has literally no way to kill an opposing Elish Norn. So if these this deck was in a mirror match against itself. They would both get out Ilesh Norn, and then every other card in both of their decks would do nothing because they would create tokens that instantly die. And so there would be no way to get the upper hand. But would they instantly die? Because wouldn't they just be like the just a token? Wouldn't they just be like regular? Oh, wait, maybe. Because they get plus two, plus two, and minus two, minus two. Would it matter who was on the battlefield oh, you're first right. is yeah, that maybe, they, maybe it balances out or does it just mean it all your cards just like do what they normally do and you're like well i guess the board's the i was just imagining both players just have a three five elish nord there's nothing anyone yeah. could do about <laughs> they it, can't do anything else <laughs> i guess you're right you could like draw out draw them with tokens but that's basically all you could do is just like i have more tokens than you and i have to be able to i guess just imagine this being the worst mirror match it just sounds awful because <laughs> um, you can't you can't like uh What's it called? You can't transmogrify into a second one because it's legendary. Yeah. Some decks you can like get ahead. You could transmogrify theirs until they run out of Elish Norns. There you go. That's what you'd have to do. <laughs> but most of them run like three or four. So. All right. Well, that probably makes sense too. Well, maybe who? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think uh, let's go on a beer break and then uh, get into the championship. Let's do it. All right, I got this juice box. Yeah, my second juice box of the night. Yeah, mm, loving me these juice boxes. Yeah, so we figured out this is actually a, uh, the juice box Jeff brought as a lager. Right. Uh, oh, wow, I can really smell that. Interesting. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're in for a wild ride. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, all right, I see you. Okay. 
Um, I don't want to spoil it. Ooh, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, Strixhaven Championship. Brrr, uh, right now, we're going to talk about it. <clears throat> now, does this one actually have Strixhaven cards in it? or? Yeah, this one does. Yeah, they d- Okay, good. Um, actually, no, they decided to ban all the Strixhaven cards <laughs> because they weren't working correctly in the client. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just for no this. Mystical archive cards. <laughs> no, no mystical archive cards. Um, all right. Because so the fancy frame lags the client too mm-hmm. much. Uh, obviously, this is a joke about the last Strixhaven and well, the last two Strixhaven League weekends where <laughs> the first one didn't have any Strixhaven cards and the second one, certain cards from other sets couldn't be played. So, <laughs> anyway. This is the Strixhaven Championship. It is this weekend, June 4th to the 6th, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and if you want to keep track of what's happening with the standings, you got to roll the dice with Magic Esports on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Because our, our yeah. good friend Ball Lightning is, uh, has, has stepped away. Now, just a little tip. If you're looking at the Magic Esports Twitter update and you're thinking... Didn't I just see this person win? Why does it say he lost? Oh no! Like, am I missing something? No, they made a mistake. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> they they probably either made a mistake or those are old standings from yeah. two rounds ago. Because um, I've had that experience several times, and you know, there's even a time when Ray Sato said responded, mm-hmm. "Don't I have twenty points?" Because they had about nineteen points. Yeah, and then Ball Lightning was like, "Yeah, you do." Anyway, not, I don't want to be too down on the Magic Esports. Uh, that person is like, so this is a mini tangent, but like Wizards has, a, you know, the kind of how they run things is obviously there are a bunch of different groups of different people that are in charge of different things. And the Esports Twitter account is part of, I think, the group that does the Esports kind of does that stuff. But it seems like the person that does the Twitter is just like some intern. That's what it feels like. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, as the tournaments are also run by interns, I guess. Um, <coughs> anyway, sorry, I don't want to attack it, but some, there are some random things that happen, and it's kind of frustrating. Just but some fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but it does seem like the times when they're like, hey, we have to ban this thing, or hey, this is what this tournament's called. We know that none of the cards are in this or whatever. The people that name these things are not the same as the people putting on the tournaments. The people that right. are in charge of fixing the problems or the bugs in the system are not the same as the people putting on the tournament. So that's why the people putting on the tournament have to be like, well, we made the executive decision to ban or suspend these cards because we are we don't have the power to change it. And we ask the people that have the power to change it to do it, and they won't because they have other things they're doing. So we have to make a solution happen, and this is what we decided. It kind of sucks right. for it. They were unable to give us a timeline. On exactly. So we, um, we have to do what's probably best for us kind of or just like uh so it is their stuff obviously um so i don't want to shit on them too hard because obviously it's hard but um just be aware that magic esports is not always the most reliable as far as uh standings go um but anyway let's talk about uh pro magic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it's okay to shit on it because it's on its way out it is i know i just feel i feel a little bit bad but you know uh anyway so uh the championship is similar to the other championships we had in the past it is a split standard and historic format uh there are 15 rounds seven on day one and eight on day two they start with historic and then go to standard on both days and then the top eight for this one is going to be historic uh so 15 rounds i guess 
uh, eight are standard and seven are historic. Correct. And then the top eight is historic. Yeah. Because usually whatever the top eight is, there's one less round of that. In exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mainly why we talked a lot about historic, because we're going to be seeing some, you know, the final rounds of this tournament on Sunday are going to be in historic. So I love that fun. the top eight is historic. Oh, it's so much better than last time was standard, which was like fine, but um, historic just seems more exciting as a format altogether. So like it. I felt like it. Yeah. What made the last one was that Arne was playing Rogue so well. So mm. it's like, oh, this is, I kind of want to see him keep playing Rogue. Uh, so that was okay. But in terms of like cool decks, I really want yeah. I'm glad it's historic. Yeah, especially because like, if the last one was just like a Soul Tomato mirror match, that would have been so boring. Um, I know. <laughs> like the, uh, what was that? The, the first tournament we ever talked about on the show was like the Grand Finals from 2020. Whatever, whatever it was called. I think it is the the champ magic championship it, it was like i think it was grand the grand finals. final something yeah, yeah uh and it was just like you know omnath versus omnath and it was just like, it was omnath adventures mm-hmm. versus omnath adventures they like tested together it was just like okay you guys and are to just... get there they beat omnath ramp yes yeah. <laughs> okay okay so at least that last one you know we had some robes which was great and then we had like autumn playing gruel aggro or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the topic that's what that was so um, it'll be really awesome to see which decks get to the uh, top eight of this format for Historic. I'm excited for that. As always, we do fantasy sports here. And boy, is this a big one. This it could be <laughs> the last time we ever do fantasy sports the on hammer. the podcast. Uh, so it will be if I have anything to say about it. Yeah, so if you <laughs> can't tell, um, we're playing best of, what is it, best of seven, I guess? No, that's not right. We're at seven already. It's going to end up being best of nine, I think. Best of nine. Uh, uh, I have three points, and Jeff has four. So now, um, if I lose this one, it's all over. It's all over. So I'm kind of against a wall here. Bring my A game. Yes, same. I am definitely not (laughs) tapped out of this at all. I totally prepared. I am definitely prepared for this. Um, and Jeff, would you like to explain the winner of uh, what the winner gets? Okay, the winner gets a weird two four. So for those outside the country of Canada, two four is twenty four pack of beer, and by a weird twenty four pack of beer, we mean hand curated. So the loser will select twenty four beers to put into a box that will be gifted to the winner. Yes. Um, and so hopefully I will be receiving that from you um, in July when the last Strixhaven League weekend is finished. Wouldn't count on it. So I think, I think that'll happen if you pick Rakdos for every uh, category. You know, but this time it could be. You know, you've been selling me on this Rakdos deck. You know, it could be there. <laughs> there could be something. It's a great deck. Yeah, it's a really good deck. Um, so, because we do fantasy sports, our teams are made up of three MPL players, four rivals players, and then we also pick the highest meta percentage and top performing decks for each format. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, Oh, and for the championships, it's uh, a little special. So you get one point for each win your MPL and rival- Rivals players get. And then you get an extra point if they go into the top eight. And then an extra point if they win the whole thing. Yeah, it just didn't seem right that you could top eight, lose in the quarterfinals, and get the same number of points as someone who didn't top eight. Exactly, know? yeah. Also, side note, if you're hearing any drilling, that's whoever is upstairs right now because they decided, <laughs> you know what? 
Tuesday night, it's a great time to just be drilling into the wall. So, <laughs> should, should I do it on my end too, so that it's balanced? I think I so. Power drills that I can grab. That'd be great. Just do a or whatever. Just every once that's, in a while. that's a pretty good drill noise, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that is. Than I was expecting. Hey, well, thanks. Hey, uh, I I don't know if that's facetious or <laughs> what, but um, anyway, to start us off. Um, oh, oh, wait, real quick before we get into this. It is important to note. So, in the last uh, Strixhaven League weekends, players have advanced either to Worlds and they're like moving on, I guess, or they were relegated to different places. Blah 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 blah. Every every one of these players is playing in this tournament, whether they've right. already been relegated. So that does that mean Ben Stark? That means Ali Warfield. We're talking about Brian Brondoon, Autumn Burchett. Uh, all of them are playing even though they've been relegated and that means Andre Strasky and Ely Cassis, PVDDR and uh, Stanislav Sifka are also playing in the tournament. Um, mm -hmm. So they are viable choices. However, I alluded to earlier, um, are they good choices? Right. I they, don't know. They might not be taking it that seriously. You know, if you're already qualified for Worlds, do you really care about this one? You're like, uh, maybe I'll take a little bit of a break. I don't need to fight really hard. Uh, the first place winner gets $15,000, which is, you know, good chunk of change, um, but not the same as winning worlds, you know. So maybe they're... And it's just so unlikely that you'll get first place. Exactly. Uh, I mean, no matter how much you prepare and how good you are. So once again, mind games. It's... Ugh. I don't know. Anyway, um, to start us off, I have the... Ceremonial Toonie. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> would you like to call it in the air to see who gets to pick first or, or whatever? I, of course, will call it in the air. Okay. And go. Tails never fails. Oh, my God. Tails again. Holy crap. See? It never fails. I think I started flipping it, and that was a bad idea. I should just let it fall. Yeah, no. Yeah, see? That's an amateur move. I think the last two times we've done this, I flipped it, and it was Tails. That's... Yeah crap okay that's why it would have been heads if he didn't so yeah anyway so uh this time around we don't have specific pods playing against other pods there's none of that stuff i can screw up so uh uh would you like to pick the first mpl player or would you like to defer and pick the first rivals player okay after thinking long and hard about this okay we even had to pause it take a whole break so that i could decide whether to defer <laughs> and pick or not um I will, I will be picking first. Okay. And with my first pick, I'm going to pick somebody that I believe would play their heart out no matter what the situation around pro play was. And whether they had qualified already or not, I think this is a person that would just give it their all because they love competing and they love competing in Magic. So I'm actually going to choose Reed Duke. Okay. First pick. All right. I, I do like that pick. I think that's good. Um, Reed uh, always shows up for tournaments. Um, I'm going to go with someone who he's is... He's in fifth place, by the way. Yes, Reed is, care about that. Reed's in fifth place. Um, that's counting, so he's like third, I guess, because we're counting Andre and PV. All right, so the player that I am going with uh, has not qualified for Worlds yet. Um, however, they are on a huge hot streak, and I really think that they are fighting to get that one of those spots. And so that's why I like to see the fire in them because they were waning a little bit 
in some earlier weeks, but recently they've revved it up, and I think they're going to bring just as much work into this championship that they did the last weekend. So that is why I'm picking Seth Manfield, mm-hmm. who's in uh, third place slash first place, I guess. Um, good pick. Good pick. You know what? With my second pick, I'm going to pick someone who's also been kind of heating it up lately. Um, past couple of league weekends, they've just done very, very well. Didn't do so well, necessarily. Uh, actually, they also did well in the call time championship. What am I talking about? So, uh, yeah, this guy's just been on an absolute tear. Had a kind of mediocre start to the season, but has skyrocketed into sixth place now, right behind Reed Duke. I'm going to select Javier Dominguez. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Makes sense. I get it. I like it. So... I'm going to pick someone I have never picked before, um, but has been definitely picked uh, by you. And I think that because of the state that we are in with the formats right now, they could be a really interesting person to to look out for. So that's why I'm going to pick uh, Ken Yukihiro, who is in 10th mm. place, slash, I guess, Always 18th a good place. Because um, Ken, what are you going to bring to Historic? I don't know. But I'm excited to find out. All right. This feels weird to say, but I think I'm going to take a, a risky pick here and hope it pays off. Ooh. It feels weird. That's what I mean. It feels weird to call it a risky pick. Because, but I just don't know this person's mind, state of mind. But I'm, I'm going to pick Andre. <sighs> okay. You know? I was thinking about that, but <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. Where it, Andre's kind of He's fallen a little bit. He's such an amazing bit. player. Though. Yeah. And I know he's going to get a good deck list because he's going to get it from the check house. And so, you know, even if he's not that focused on, on the tournament, someone of his skill with one of the best decks in the room always has a chance to, to take down the event. Yeah, um, true. Uh, that makes sense. So, you know what? I could jump up back up at the top, but I just don't think I'm interested in anyone who's who's already qualified, I think. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's 100% That's true. what I mean by saying it's a risk, right? Like, yeah. Who knows if Andre's even prepared? He might just be like, hey, Yvonne Flock, what deck do I play? Yeah. Um, so I think with this pick, maybe I should just go out and just pick someone I haven't picked before, or I should just pick someone I know who's really good. I'll probably just pick... I, well, obviously, they're all really good. They're... Yeah, there are no bad players. There are no, yeah, there are no, we say this every time. Uh, and it feels like sometimes that's not true, but it's definitely, you know, um, they're all really fantastic. And it's going to be sad not being able to do this all the time. Uh, but well, it's I, a different story for a league weekend because they're playing against each other and then there are better players or players who are having a better season. Exactly. Like when they're mostly going to be playing against challengers, you know, it's that's like very they're true. All just very good. That's true. Um, I think that I am just going to go with William Huey Jensen. Mm, good pick. Ninth place slash seventh place. The, so the reason we're saying that is because technically they're ninth place, but if you look at the standings as recorded for you know league weekends, he would be considered seventh, I guess. Right, because Andre and PV are not taken into account because yes. they've already qualified for world championships. Exactly. All right. Going on to the Rivals League. I get to pick first in the Rivals League. You sure do. 
I sure do. Um, so, man, this first pick's really hard. Um, I'm not really interested in the top two again because they've already qualified, uh, and I just don't. I, I, you know, with the rivals, I think it's a little bit closer because they still have a little bit to prove. They know that they're in the MPL next year, but I think that as many wins as they can get, uh, they're just looking for them. But this is a player I think is really worth just going out and, and snagging right away. And that's why I'm glad I get to go first uh, because this is a person who has wanted to win one of these forever. And uh, it's really now or never. So we're going to go with Gregor Kowalski. Love it. Uh, definitely just and jumping right up. Incredible in the last one. Yes. You know? Did so well. Finals. Went to the finals, uh, lost to on or sorry Arna Hushimbet, but I think that you know once again the fire is there, so that's why I'm looking for Greg Orsch. Uh, let's go. Uh, however, I can never remember how to spell your name. I'm so <laughs> yeah, sorry. It, there's a Z in there, and I forget where to put it. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You can look up the spelling if you're at home and wonder. But it's after the R, right? So every R is, is followed by a Z. That's that's what I remember. Oh, that makes um, sense. Uh, that's a great pick. I was actually going to pick uh, Grigorge. Yes. So I kind of knew that. That's why I was also a little bit on top of it, <laughs> making sure I got it first. I think I'll just make a pick just, again, based on, on raw skill level here, and I'll, I'll start with Louis Scott Vargas. Yeah, that was the other one. Um, you can never count Luis out, you know. You can't. Um, yeah, you really can't. I think once again, as always, the rivals can be so hard. Um, I know there's there's so much, like there's so much talent in both leagues, yeah. but with the rivals because there's so many more. There's just know? twice as many, so it's it's really difficult to be like, I I can't keep as many tabs on everybody. It's hard. It's hard because I'm looking at these players, and some of them have burned me in the past a little bit. Um, so I don't, you know, I look at somebody, I'm like, oh, you're such a good player, but like, I'm really worried because I lost because you did badly in that one weekend that I picked you, you know, um, totally. and this one's really make it or break it. So I, I gotta, I gotta tighten it up a little bit. Let's, you know what? No, no, not, not that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, let's go. Just so you can't have the pleasure of doing this, I'm going to pick Luis Silvato. <laughs> Man, you know I love Team LSV. I know you do. <laughs> and you've beaten me with that team a couple times. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to make sure I can, I'm going to break up the combo. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> can I snake you a little bit? Grab that one. I was planning on picking him at some point. I don't know if I was going to take him next, but he, yeah, like he always just plays decks that I, I think are cool too. So you want to, he's the type of guy you want to root for. Yeah. I think this round, I'm just like picking him. whoever you would pick. And then uh, <laughs> hopefully that means I win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why my opponent has suddenly seemed so such a good drafter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did someone else jump on my colors while I wasn't looking? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right, so for the next one, I'm going to pick a player who is an absolute legend uh, for their ability to pilot blue-black tempo 
aggro control decks. Um, so they've made a name for themselves with fairies. And I'm really hoping that they just go double rogues here and just destroy the competition with their mastery of rogues. I'm going to pick Yuta Takahashi. That was the other one I was looking at. <laughs> I was looking at Yuta, and then I jumped down to Luis. Double rogues. Double rogues. That's what I wanted last time, but no one brought rogues last time. But obviously, <laughs> this is different because it's a championship. But as you remember, Zacks win championships. So here we go. Yuta was actually the one who won that first tournament with uh, historic rogues that like put it on the map once the... Uh... Mystical Archives got released. Well, there you go. There you go. When you let this guy play with Brainstorm, you know, he starts to win. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. That card, man. Learning how to play with Brainstorm is just a, a new thing for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Quick tip. Don't don't just do the end step Brainstorm for no reason. Like, I see so many players doing that against me on the, on the ladder. Mm -hmm. Like, unless there, you have a specific reason to be doing this, don't do this like your brainstorm will be much better off if you have a way to shuffle or like like a reason to be brainstorming don't yeah. don't treat it like an opt where you just just fire you it just off. shoot it off at the the end of your opponent's turn for for no real reason to yeah to cycle you know it is interesting i i saw something on twitter that was like uh brainstorm is secretly a sorcery or something <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was like you have to think of it like that because don't don't just play it whenever you can. Well, a great play is to like just leave the mana up and try to counter a thoughtseize with it, where mm -hmm. you just like put all your good cards back. That's a, that's a fine reason, like shock and just let it go. And sometimes I won't thoughtseize people if they do that, but mm -hmm. then they just brainstorm on my end step. I'm like, well, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yeah, like um, or some people will play an island i've noticed somebody doing this too they play an island i don't thought seize them then they play a fabled passage and pass it's like now i'm thought seizing you because in order to play around thought seize you have to put your good cards on top of your deck mm -hmm. and then if you crack that fabled passage you're gonna shuffle those away yeah so it's like both of those are things you want to brainstorm your good cards away to counter a thought seize and you want to play brainstorm with fabled passage but you don't want to do both because they do opposite things. Yeah, and so then Fable you're forcing them. shuffles away your bad yeah. cards. Yeah. So you're forcing them not to have two lands on turn three. Or, sorry, to not have three yeah, lands on turn three. Either stunt their development by mm -hmm. not having a, not hitting their third untapped land on turn three. Or they have to shuffle away. Or they just let me thought seize their best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. Um... All right, jumping back. What pick am I on? Pick number three. All right. So with this one, I think this is a player that uh, did really well in the last championship, but I remember the decks that they were playing were very aggressive, and I really liked that about them. And I think that some of those decks might be slept on a little bit. Um, so we're going to go straight to Riku Kumagai. Nice. I was looking at Riku. Yeah. He does, pl he does play aggressive decks. I might even, if I was had to guess what he's on in Historic, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was Mono Black Aggro. Yeah, which I also think is his, super fun. His kind of deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like that. And, yep, pass it over to you. I like that pick. I like that pick. Hmm. This is around the place where I'm, like, considering, should I just take Ely? Or, you know? I was around that 
before, but I I don't know. He didn't play last weekend, right? Right. My issue with the top two guys is they're both on teams with people I've already picked. So mm-hmm. if that team selected poor decks, the, that's going to compound uh, if I choose them. But then again, they're both such great players. So. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Mm. Like, you know, the check house is, is feel strong and uh, Ely as well. I don't know if Ely is, you know, the players, Andre and Ely have been out for, they didn't play the last league weekend. So does that mean that they already mentally checked out until, until Worlds? Because they know that there's this and then they're skipping the next one and uh, the gauntlets and everything? Or, you know, if I was them, I'd probably just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think I'm going to, like, take a bit of a hedge between the two. So I'm going to pick a player who's just, I know, is very good and has been great all season, but might not be checked out because they're not at the top. So I'll be choosing first slash third place competitor, Matt Sperling. All right. That's probably a good pick. I've picked him two weeks in a row. Didn't want to do it again. (laughs) Um, He was just, maybe it was just because of the league weekends, and he just kept getting bested by Stanislav Sivka or LSV or you know it just always seemed like the top was pushing right it's totally a different story when you're at the top you're playing against LSV and and Sivka every round but it still has that like bad taste in my mouth you know what I mean yeah it's just like I don't know man I don't know he did okay too he got like 12 and 13 points he yeah so with my last pick I will be picking uh you know what? I'm going to pick Mike Sigrist. Good pick. Okay. With my last pick, I'm going to pick someone that I just like. I think they're a great deck builder. They always bring their own thing. And that's always fun. Uh, and they have shown, a, shown a, a little like for bringing team or adventures in both formats. That's kind of the thing they, they tend to do. So I'm going to pick Chris Vitello. And uh, I want to see nice. some, some team or adventures old school style in historic uh, coming to the top here from Chris. Very good. All right, so Jeff, now that we have finished our teams, would you like to read yours down for the uh, folks? I would love to. All right, so my season-winning team is, from the NPL, <laughs> we have Reed Duke, Javier Dominguez, and Andre Strosky. And from the Rivals League, Luis Scott Vargas, Yuta Takahashi, Matt Sperling, and Chris Patello. Mm, very nice, very nice. However, my uh, season tying team is going to be uh, Seth Manfield, Ken Yukihiro, and William Huey Jensen for the MPL. And then for the rivals, I have Gregorz Kowalski, Luis Salvato, Riku Kumagai, and Mike Segrist. All right. Now for the hard... Well, actually, this next one isn't as hard, but uh, metagame. Man, you know, meta, meta, meta... You, okay, so we talk about metas on the show, obviously. And, um, man, guessing a metagame for a tournament is hard, obviously, because uh, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say if it weren't, we'd be pro players, but that's not the only thing stopping no, us. No, it's not, that's not even it. It's just like <laughs> picking the right deck for the tournament is hard. Um, though, Some people have like made their names on being able to do this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a skill set. Like guessing what everyone's going to bring and whether the deck is good enough that you should also bring it or if you can build a deck that will beat that deck those kinds of things uh it's difficult so with that 
what do we think the highest meta percentage deck will be for standard in this specific tournament? Okay, starting with standard. We are starting with standard. Um, yeah, I could go first if you want. I mean, like, um, yeah, go ahead. I already have mine locked in in my mind, but. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go with the boogeyman here. You know, sometimes you go with the boogeyman, sometimes you go against yep. the boogeyman. I'm also I'm choosing Sultimatum. Yep, that is the pick. I did not pick that last time. Uh, yeah. And the the game just hasn't changed. I mean, or the, the meta hasn't changed since then. Yeah, I've heard it's a little bit on the downswing. Um, but I still think enough people are going to bring it. Like last time it was, you know, we're talking like a quarter or more of the field. So even mm -hmm. if it's on the downswing. Yeah, and, and now we have a bunch of other players coming into it that might bring some really cool you know rogue decks not rogues decks but rogue decks. maybe some, <laughs> some rogue rogues decks um but uh I, I just still just it's gonna be a mainstay it's it's popular and people it's powerful and people want to play it uh -huh. um so top performing standard deck man i feel like it's hard like we were saying before i've been really enjoying historic because standard feels a little um yeah solved a bit um last league weekend the best deck was mono red um but i don't think enough people are going to bring mono by red for, yeah by barely anything and then the one bef right by that was saltimatum again yeah which i had picked yeah so <laughs> um so i kind of feel similarly like i want it to be rogues i want it to be mono white i want it to be anything else but I really, again, I, I don't know. I don't know what other deck you should play. It, maybe the, the Prismari mid-range deck might do something, but I still think that it's not favored against Sultimatum, so I'm just going to probably go double Sultimatum because I just I don't... going to double up? I just don't see... I could try to be more interesting, but I just... It, <laughs> it just means I'm going to lose. I have to right. go with what I think is right. <laughs> I think the Prismari deck's kind of... I think it's just like a classic 47% deck that people mm -hmm. like, so so it gets played more than it should get played. Exactly. Um, I, th I honestly think that the deck that performs the best w in this particular event will be some flavor of adventure. The problem is I can't... I don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll take my shot and... I'm just, uh, you know, I, I said I put Naya into the mix last time. Nobody brought it. I'm going to say that Naya's going to be on the rise. Naya's going to prey on these uh, Prismari decks because I think Naya would just eat it for breakfast. So I'm going to put Naya Adventures. Okay. Uh, but I reserve the right to boast if the answer is Teamer or Gruel Adventures. All right. Um, I would like to remind you that one person did bring Nye Adventures last time, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't no one. It was just not a lot of people. Um, but one, you know, one one matters. Uh, the meta percentage for historic. <sighs> so, man, last time we should have just like I feel really dumb from last time. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one. But you know what though? Like LSV was saying that he didn't want to play Tainted Pact mm -hmm. because even though he acknowledged that it was the best deck, and so he brought a his uh, Jeskai deck and he went uh, five and zero against Tainted Pact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
I thought more people were going to react that way because of issues with the client and also, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the deck's just kind of a nightmare to play and play against and stuff. So I figured more people would opt out of that experience, even though I knew it was the best deck. So, yeah, I should have gone, gone double-tainted packed last time, but... Uh, I don't know. I was just a bit surprised that there weren't more people in LSB's camp of I'm going to try to beat it just because like I don't want to I don't want this to be my experience because it's all about clock management, arena clock management. Yeah. Know? And like so, clicking in the right sl- have you seen those things? You have to click in the right sliver of the the correct, box yeah. so that you can spam it without declining. And, and that's something. what I meant. I, I was counting on more people opting out of that experience yeah. than because it just sounds now, oh. I still shouldn't have picked Gruel. There's no defending that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody brought it. I mean, like, I, I picked, like, some <laughs> terrible stuff. So I, I've, I'm i not judging anyone. Um, this one just seems hard. I don't know if there's a homebrew deck people are going to bring. I don't know if uh, teams are working on the stuff. I don't know. I have a pick I'm pretty confident off. You want me okay. to go first? Uh, I'm, I mean, if you uh, want to go first, go ahead. Shoot, shoot. <laughs> Shoot away. Swing away. Okay. I'm thinking that the highest proportion of the metagame will be, is it Phoenix? Phoenix? Okay. Shoot. That was one I was going to pick. I was between... You still pick it. I know, but I was in between, is it Phoenix and Just Kite Control, and now I feel like I'm just picking what you picked. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Uh... Yeah, no, I just think this is the type of deck that... Um, it's kind of similar to rogues where general the general population the general population will do worse with it than when it's a a, a tournament with so many pros in it mm-hmm. you know like it's a difficult but a lot of people pilot. will bring it because they think it's the best or not necessarily difficult to pilot but it has a lot of decision points and that tends to mean that the pros will do have better. a better win percentage with it than um, okay, I, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going to say, uh, is it Phoenix? Because that is uh, the first thing I had thought of. However, I will go yeah. next for the uh, top performing sure. deck. And I do think that um, that a tune, uh, Just Guy Control, but uh, like we were talking about before, a one that's that has its own like game plan, they're using... Um, the uh, the gear Hulk and all that and getting their magma opuses in and everything, uh, it just seems pretty strong and you'll be able to uh, to to mop up some stuff. However, you know like. you have more experience playing that deck, but I, I think playing against it, it's been pretty rough, and I think it's uh, it's a it's a good. Yeah. I've been playing a deck with so much discard that just guys kind of a free win mm-hmm. because you just leave them with their cards that suck and yeah. just take their Teferis and <laughs> they don't do anything, but. Uh, yeah, when uh, against stuff like, you know, if people are playing all these aggro decks, then yeah, Lightning sure. Helix is just just a, an absolute unbeatable card. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a good deck. I'm going to take a shot here. Yeah, I'm going to take my shot. I'm, I'm just going to run it back. I'm going to say that Tainted Pact is going to be good again, oh, wow. even with Jace. Now, this might okay. be too early because yeah. the metagame's still a bit unsettled and mm-hmm. that deck needs to know the metagame. It needs to know what it's beating. But I'm still convinced that Tainted Pact is t- too good, even with Jace instead of... Instead mm-hmm. of... Thassa's Oracle. Thassa's Oracle. 
kept wanting to say Kiora's Oracle. Like, that's not what it's <laughs> uh, Oracle. Um, but this is, you know, but I, I think it's one of those moments where the people that do bring this deck will have figured it out, and so they'll do well with it. You know? Gotcha. So this is going to be one of those one of those shots that maybe nobody even brings this, but I think if this tournament were a few weeks down the line, we'll see that the Tainted Pack deck is a real part of the Tier 1 metagame. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I like that shot. That seems nice. Um, it definitely would be a surprise if it just, like, continues to bust through, and then they're like, whoops, maybe we should have, you know... <laughs> Yeah, the tainted pack. Exactly. Turns uh, out that there is another card that did the same thing, and, and hey. it's actually just better of a card on its mm-hmm. own. And it's <laughs> it's more of the same. Thassa's Oracle right. feels like there are you know different ways you can play it. The saddest thing about Thassa's Oracle is I can't play my treasure hunt deck anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheapest deck I ever built. It was great. You know what I was noticing while discussing the we were discussing the historic metagame earlier, just while we all the decks we were talking about now, with the exception of the deck I just picked. But uh, is it is it just true that red is the best color in historic? Because almost every deck that we talked about plays red. That's it's like true. Gruel, it's Rakdos, it's Is it, it's Jeskai, it's like they're just all red decks. Mono red. Mono red. That is true. I wasn't actually thinking about that. It's funny because not all the red cards are the ones that I love about it, but right. cards that have red in it are really good. Interesting. Like, I guess there's some people play Orzov auras or Silver Quill auras. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's there's a red, a red list, list deck. But, <laughs> but you're playing Jund. Yeah, okay. Just Even the Tainted Pack deck is Grixis, right? Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes has those cards mm-hmm. or there are a couple of them. It is funny because, like, not all the decks are... Uh, so, like, Jund, right? The the reason it's red is because you're playing Corvald slash um, Mayhem Devil. Mm-hmm. But most of the time that feels like a black card to me. But it, obviously it's both. But um, I feel like red has none of the best cards in Historic. But it's somehow the best color because every deck plays red. Interesting. I like that take. I like the um, red's the best color historic. Is that a hot take? Should we just... Is, that's a really hot take. It's a it's, red hot it's take. It's a red hot take. <laughs> Exclusive red hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> you should just name this episode red is the best color in historic. Okay, wait. Let me look. What decks did I pick? Sultimatum? Crap. Oh, no, that's not in historic. Okay, Just Guy Control and Phoenix. Perfect. All right, so Tainted Pact has a little bit of Grixis. red in it. Yeah, a little, little Grixis, yeah. yeah. All right, um... You hear, you heard it first from us. Red's the best color in historic. Doesn't have the best cards in historic, but it's the best color. It's the best color, yes. <laughs> uh, without the best cards, I like it. Um, so, I think that you know, it's we're getting the last call right here. You know, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, let's grab another beer. Let's grab a juice box. Yeah. Which juice box oh. will we pick? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna pick juice box. I'll let you know right I'm, now. I'm I'm definitely picking juice box for sure. Okay. Okay. All right, Jeff. Are you ready to see which juice box is the is the juice is the best one? <laughs> <laughs> Felt like you had something there. So I, let's go I don't. I, I thought I did, but I didn't. I don't have it. Which which juice is the best box? box. There we go. That's <laughs> that, okay. Let's do that. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey! <laughs> I love um, it when that happens. It, yeah, it's really great. Um, so we ended up choosing each other's. I'm just going to crack this. Yeah. Um, 
Well, okay, let's be clear. We both chose Juice Box. We both chose, yes, we both chose Juice Box. Um, and, uh, however, I happen to just like Jeff's Juice Box better. Wait, I don't know. Wait. <laughs> Are we cutting that out? Or? Maybe that shouldn't be part of it. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Jeff, let's start with the your your juice box. Okay, boxes. So, so I just ju- juice box <laughs> brought juice by box. Zach, yes. which is a hazy IPA made by Sons of Kent. Yes. Um, and you know what? This it's fine. This mm-hmm. this beer is a East Coast style IPA. Yeah. Uh, it's hazy. It's mm-hmm. juicy. That's why it's called Juice Box. It yep. it delivers what it says it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's all right. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, before we get into this, we should probably explain the the uh, rating system. That's probably good. oh yeah. Before we idea. rate it, before we, we re- forget to do that, like every episode. Um, <laughs> sweet. Not every episode. We do it like once every four or five episodes. Yeah, that's that's enough, right? Anyway, by which <clears> I mean we remember to do it. Once <laughs> so uh, as always, we rate our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tears in arena. Hey, isn't that fun? Um, just a disclaimer. It's really lucky how that worked out. Yeah, I don't know. That our rating system just lines up exactly with the the ranks. That's pretty sweet. Um, uh, we do have a disclaimer. If these are just, it's just a fun way to rate beer. It has nothing to do with what tier you're in currently. Everyone's been in all the tiers at some point. Doesn't matter. Um, we're not trying to belittle anyone. I was in uh, most of the first four earlier today. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so to start us off, uh, bronze. So bronze beers are trash. They are garbage. They belong in the garbage, and that's where you should leave them. Uh, they're just really bad. You don't. It's the kind of beer where like something's wrong with this. I don't know what happened, but it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And next up is silver. This is basically like your generic macro brew. Nothing interesting about it. You know, like, you're not going to throw it out, but, uh, you, you know, you're not excited to drink it. Yeah. It's, uh, silver's really great for beer pong, let's say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if you're drinking 40 beers in the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, gold is, this is fine. Um, you won't think about it very often, but you'll drink it. It's all right. Um, it's very forgettable. Right. Platinum's like one level up from that. It's solid and you would drink it again. You know, it's good, um, but you know, you're not nothing to write home about. It's, yeah. But it's it's a good beer. It's, it's a solid beer. You might pick it up, you know. Yeah, if you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. It was good, and you'll get it again. Uh, Diamond is this is exceptional. You go to the beer store or wherever to to get this. You're thinking about it. You recommend it to your friends. Uh, it's something that you you show people. You know, you you just think, oh, this is awesome. I really like it. Yeah, and then Mythic, the absolute best. You know, you see someone considering buying this at the store, you tell them, hey, you got to get that one. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. And uh, it's like the reason that you drink beer at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> because beers like this exist. Exactly, exactly. Um, so going back to the beers that we brought for today, the boxes of juice, um, mm-hmm. Sons of Kent is, is, is fine. Fine. It's fine. It is solid gold. Solid yeah, gold? Yeah, exactly. Like like I was saying, it's it says what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hazy IPA. It is East Coast, and it 
has that juicy aspect to it, which is why it's called Juice Box. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think there are plenty of versions of that hazy mm-hmm. ink style IPAs that are better. And some of them are, are really good and, and this one just doesn't speak to me on that level mm-hmm. so it's fine and you know since you were attentively listening to our beer rating scale you know that that's a gold beer yeah. uh i do want to note that i did feel like it has a little bit of a um there may be a little there so okay so there is a taste in this beer <laughs> that i don't love but it just reminds me of like uh socks <laughs> which is <laughs> you had to wait for me to take a sip to say yeah that. just to okay. say that um it's just like a random thing that i've tasted in uh mo- mostly green teas and things that's just kind of like oh i don't know if it's like a the finish on it or something but it, it just reminds me of that for some reason um everyone's taste buds are kind of different and people taste things it differently taste, it, taste is a weird thing right yeah you just yeah so um that was just the thing that kind of threw me off not that I thought it was like gross, but it was just like, oh, okay, this is one of those things that has that taste that I don't super love. So um, it also <laughs> yeah, didn't seem socks. Wet, wet, wet socks. socks is not exactly a you know sought after flavor. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but let's go over to the other juice box, the one that you brought that I am drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is. It seems to be like this. They may only make this. Yeah, that's what I was wondering as well, just because it says Juice Box. uh, Where does it say it? Yeah, like Beverage Company. Beverage Company, yeah. It doesn't necessarily seem to make other drinks. That seems to be the drink they make. It also says Toronto, London, Ontario, Canada. And so I don't actually know where this is made. Yeah. Because Toronto and London are Are... nearby. They're close to each other, kind of. They're both in Ontario. Yeah, they're both in Ontario. So. Um, anyway. Does that mean they have two locations, maybe? Maybe. One in London uh, and one in Toronto, and both are in Ontario. But uh, anyway, this beer, to me, it seems like a beer I would bring to the podcast. So I'm really interested to know why you would bring this. Because I've seen this before and I've wanted to bring it. So I was really surprised that <laughs> yeah. you brought it. So I alluded loving the little, or I alluded to loving the little guy in the like juice box. Yeah, or know, the, with his the person on the... S- Citrus armor. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the person. I don't know. Uh, they have long gender hair, undetermined. Possibly. I can't tell. Maybe that's a mustache, actually. I don't know. I don't know. Looks like their lips to me. Anyways, if I look closely, I actually think that this, this person might be female. But, anyways, um, the art is cool. Yeah, it doesn't really that's matter. We don't know. have to gender the yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I have no idea. Yeah. They're non-binary, probably. There's it's Pride no Month. no reason to get into this discussion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but the reason I brought it is literally one reason and one reason only, and that's because at the bottom of the can, it says 5% alcohol. The reason that intrigued me is that uh, this is like a shandy. Right, it's it's lemonade beer mixture, and usually when you see those, they're like two and a half percent because you're literally just taking a five percent beer and a lemonade and filling it half and half, watering the beer down to two and a half percent. So when I saw that this was craft beer with lemonade and it was five percent, that made me think, okay, there's something more interesting going on here. There's they're either, you know, adding lemons to the fermentation of the beer they're usually using the like natural sweetness of the beer as their sweetener for the lemonade not sure totally what their process was but i excuse me i knew it was more interesting than 
let's just, you know, have a couple lemonade and a cup of beer, and I'm going to pour them and see what comes out. Um, Which is kind of my issue with, not issue, but it's the reason I don't love Shandies and Rattlers in general, is that I feel like uh, I would prefer either the juice or the beer and not the the mixture. Uh, Because I am... I mean, obviously, I picked this one, and this doesn't have the same, you know, obviously, it doesn't have the same feel as, like, a Shandy or a Rattler, um, but I do enjoy a really nice Rattler on a hot day. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I usually want to mix it myself, um, so yeah, I, I, I would like that. to pick the lager and pick the juice and just do it uh, so I can pick the ratios. Usually, mm-hmm. I won't buy it because it's the same price as a beer, and it has right. less alcohol, and that's usually what I don't, I don't care for it. Um and a lot of sugar. And a lot of sugar. You buy the, uh, mm-hmm. the pre-packaged stuff. For sure. Um, however, this one, I mean, this one's really sweet um, as far as, like, juice goes. It mm-hmm. definitely tastes like lemonade and raspberries. Uh, you can smell the raspberries right when you pour it. Definitely. As soon as you mm-hmm. open it, it's just, like, smacks you in the, in the nose in the with face. the raspberries. You're like, whoa, I really thought this was going to be a little bit of a hint, but it's quite nice. Um, I'm mainly grading this on a fact of, like, this is totally something that, I could see myself pulling out of a cooler with ice and being like, sick. It's so hot. This is the kind of thing I want to like refresh yeah. me with. Um, most other occasions, I wouldn't uh, think of it. But um, if it is the right temperature at the right, uh, is the right temperature in the glass and the right temperature outside, A+. Plus. Uh, however, right. <laughs> for the, as far as the beer goes, I'd, you know, I'd probably say it feels pretty gold as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it really meets the qualifications for for silver or platinum. So I guess that just yeah. makes it gold. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like because there's definitely something going on. Like it's definitely different. It's not just like blase. It's just like oh, yeah, right. okay, this is different. Um, I don't feel like it's super solid. I might tell people to try it because it seems interesting, um, but it might not be something I pick up a lot. I don't know. I might. Uh, it, it's the fun to like try. It's definitely fun to try. I don't know yeah. if it's one that I will go back to a lot to be like, it, oh. It was still a bit too sweet for me, but it mm-hmm. wasn't overwhelmingly sweet like a lot of these Shandy Rattlers mm-hmm. and things tend to be. Interesting. But again, like the first sip was definitely just raspberry for mm-hmm. me because you know, I was just surprised at how much raspberry was in there. Which is great. I think they, they nailed the raspberry lemonade feel. Um, there's not a ton of beer flavor, but... Um, yeah, I was wishing it was just a bit more like carbonated, so it mm-hmm. felt a bit more like beer. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, just a little more malt. Like if instead of using a lager, they used an ale or something. You know, mm-hmm. that's just a little more f- sure. beer flavor. Because sure, 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 sure. lagers tend to be pretty clean tasting. Yeah, and, and fresh already. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I love having both the juice boxes. That is so fun. Um, yeah, it was just... <laughs> uh, even though they're they're nice and gold juice boxes... Uh, but they're both so different, right? They that are was the so other cool different. thing. Is they're both called juice box, but they're not alike one another at all. Absolutely, completely different. Um, so those are the things we think about. Those things, <laughs> which kind of, I guess, <laughs> well summarized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess maybe that should just be the the, the thing for the, the whole show. Those, those are, are the, the things, things we, we think, think about. about those things. things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that. Um, however, that will bring us to closing it's very eloquent. time. Yes, it's very eloquent. Um, closing time. Hey, the singing's back. Uh, <laughs> so we are closing up the bar now. It's time to go home. Um, you just can't stay here anymore. 
Mm. However, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can also find us on the other side of the table on Magic the Gathering Arena. Our username is Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at BluesBruiseMTG. And we would love any reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, anywhere that you can find them on YouTube. Leave us a comment. Uh, give us a like and subscribe. That would be fantastic. Follow us on Spotify and Stitcher, Podbean, anywhere that you can find us and you're listening to us right now. Um, we would love any support and feedback. That would be great. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you're not playing Red and Historic, you might be doing it wrong. Good night. All right, that's fine.